Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Two Average Brown Bros podcast. I'm your host, Brashank. And I am your host, Andres. Today is Mar- May, not even March, May 17, 2020 on Monday. That is correct, Brashank, May I, 17th. I don't know why March came into my mind. Maybe I'm still stuck in March 2020, but you know, it is what it is. This year is just an entire blur, so I, it's okay, man. Anyway, how's your week, Andres? Well, it's been pretty chill, as you know. Um, it's just coming to the end of my time off. Literally, like I had so many goals. I was so ambitious of what I wanted to do with my time off. But honestly, what I ended up doing was lying on the couch or on my bed and doing nothing for most of it. So I'll pay later the price of not doing produ- being productive during my time off. But I cannot complain. Probably my body was like, you need rest. So I just listened to it. <laughs> How about you, Rishank? How was your week? This week was pretty nice. It was work was, you know, work was work and it went pretty smoothly. Um, I, I finally signed up for the vaccine, COVID vaccine. I think you got yours recently, right? Yes, I got mine on Wednesday. How was your experience? If you want to share that story. It was actually pretty good. I booked my appointment ahead of time, uh, just based on work. Uh, so I was able to book it ahead of time. That was pretty easy. I had to drive outside of the city, though, uh, which I was completely fine. I love road trips. So did a little bit of a road trip to good old town of Bigger, Saskatchewan. Got there, literally went to the check-in desk, uh, especially the day I went, that it was Wednesday. That's when our age group opened. So either from my work that I do or from my age, I was uh, I was eligible to get the vaccine. So went through, um, they do your pre-screening questions, you go in, um, they check you in. And then because it was like where I went is appointment based. So literally only the people there are on their appointments or they're already having, uh, they're taking their time to rest uh, before they're allowed to leave. Then went there, went straight up to the nurse. Uh, she checked in with me again to make sure that everything was fine. Uh, she let me know what kind of vaccine I was getting. I I got Moderna. We'll get more into what that entails. And then after that, you know, um, just one little jab in my shoulder. <laughs> and then after that, uh, it was nice because then they're like 15 minutes inside uh, before we're allowed you to leave just in case there's any any reactions that your body might experience at that time. And then, yeah, that that was about it. Uh, the next day, I did have a couple of side effects. But then now, uh, they, like later on, I feel completely fine. Uh, the side effects went away pretty, like within 48, like 24 to 48 hours. So feeling good, man. So I hope you, you don't experience as many side effects. But the good thing is like if you have side effects, it does mean that your body is having an immune response. So you're producing the antibodies. Yeah, exactly. Um, so at the time of recording, I haven't, you know, I haven't got my vaccine, but when this episode is is out, I will probably have my vaccine. So, uh, you know, I'll update you on how, how that goes on the next episode. Please do. Um, but yeah, I think the sign-up process was pretty easy. I went online, you know, the closest one to, available to me was at Weyburn. So I would have had to drove like drive an hour and a half away to get a vaccine. I got a notification from my local pharmacy saying there's some available there. So I was actually signed up and it's only a five minute walk. So I'm just going to, you know, go there and get my vaccine and then we'll see how it goes. Oh man, that is amazing. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, we're just one step closer to the end goal of being COVID free. I mean, you can't be completely COVID free, but as close as we can, right? Exactly. Uh, Like, like we mentioned last week, it's just a state of more normalcy in a certain way. This is like a perfect segue to the main theme of this week or main topic for this week's episode. You want to let us know what it is, Andres? If you haven't gotten like the main topic that we're talking about, I'll say it for you. So we're going to be talking about vaccinations, especially we're going to be talking about the COVID-19 vaccine and what does that entail? We're going to have a little bit more of a discussion of the different things that are out there in terms of what the vaccine is, as well as like, you know, as per the main thing of our podcast, just two brown bros talking about vaccines and the effect that they that they do have. 
So COVID vaccine, I know, you know, there might like the main thing that I want to input in this, you know, preface all of our talk for today. And just by saying, you know, I, I'm a big advocate of vaccinations, you know, like we like both of us have come from other countries where, you know, vaccinations are one of the main reasons we're here alive and well today, right? Like I'm sure when you were younger, Andres, you got the polio vaccines or the MMR or whatever it was back in the day. We got the vaccine and it's not just us, but like millions and billions of people around the world get vaccines. And, you know, it's it does save lives. Vaccines save lives. There's a reason it's one of the biggest ways of this pandemic that we've been in the, for the longest time. Exactly. You know, uh, I remember <laughs> growing up in Mexico, literally when I knew my birthday was coming uh, because we have like this document that literally it's all the vaccines that you need to get from the time you're born until you're 18, uh, all the different vaccines that you need to get. So I knew when my birthday came up, it was getting closer to vaccination time as well. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, like, I remember, you know, being in Nepal and getting the polio vaccine back in the, when I got it in Nepal, it was those droplets that you, like, I was a small kid, I guess, small child. So they gave it to me in the droplet form where you had to, like, drink it, I think, or um, but there's also different kinds. There's a nasal spray or, you know, in your, the shot, the normal one shot in your arm or wherever it is. Like I'm a big proponent, like fan of vaccines. I love it. And especially with my, both my parents working in the healthcare field, you know, there's going to be lots of resistance to vaccines and all that, but you know what? Vaccines help. And let's not like beat around the bush, you know, uh, anti-vaxxers. I'm not a fan. Like, you know, I don't know if that's too political to say, but like, I think, it's one of those things where if you're an anti-vaxxer, I think you just need to do more research than rather just finding random posts on Facebook or on the internet to back up your facts. Cause you know, like you could say, Oh, it causes this, it causes that, but like you'd rather get the vaccine, you know, like, so recently a couple of from friends and even you Andres told me that you got the COVID vaccine and you know, it knocked you out for like a day or two, but the real side effects or, you know, real symptoms of COVID are way worse than that, you know. You could develop so many things that are worse. So I'd rather get the vaccine and be safer than develop the disease, you know. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing. When you're putting both those those things in like a scale and you're trying to balance it out, honestly, as someone that went and like had COVID, I will like I will a hundred percent will prefer the side effects that I had uh, for like one or two days that the effects and the symptoms and everything I had to go through while I was having COVID. Like losing my taste, losing my sense of smell was something so like, so mind boggling. And like, it literally like I'm eating and I cannot smell what I'm eating. I cannot taste what I'm eating. So it's just weird. Like, it's just like feels like mush in my, like in my mouth. <laughs> so, and then with that, like you do lose a little bit of appetite because you just not, Part of eating is just that psychology of eating. So you're just not like interested in eating and like, having going through the fatigue and everything. I would rather just like I had like, you know, a headache and fatigued for an entire day. I, I will rather have that than everything that I went through uh, having COVID. And, you know, the thing like you mentioned, like, I think it's not too political to say that anti-vaxxers, like they, sh first of all, like it's, they shouldn't be saying things like that, like vaccines won't work or things like that, especially like when it comes to people like us that we know the impact that vaccines have actually have had in our countries and how much they like they increase the life expectancy in those countries that uh, see a lot of many different diseases, either because of the geographic location they're in and they're seeing different uh, diseases that arise or that they're more prominent there or uh, diseases that in like what we call the Western world, they're not seen based on like healthcare and medical professionals and hospitals and all the technology and infrastructure that we don't see in developing countries. So vaccines are a great campaign and an amazing resource uh, in order to stop some of those of those things. And we like First example is with polio. We don't see that many cases of polio or like we don't see not like it's pretty small or like completely down to zero. And that's based literally on a vaccine that was developed for polio. So people will not like will not be getting that disease. So whenever an anti-vaxxer comes and says something, I'm just like, 
there's proof in history than what a vaccine has done its job. And now we're in a better place. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like, like we, like both of us said, we've, we've both have multiple vaccines and, you know, lots of people are our age and, you know, or people older than us. And that, that's the interesting thing. Cause when I, I went to the office recently to pick up some of my stuff, cause the office in Regina is going through some renovations. My, I was talking to my former manager and, you know, he was saying it's not even the older generation that's refusing to take the vaccines because some of the older generations, they've gone through the tough times of, you know, not pandemics, but just like disease outbreaks, you know, so they know that vaccines help. It's more of like the, not even like our age people, it's like a little bit older than us, you know, 30s, 40s, that are totally mm-hmm. against the vaccine because, oh, vaccines cause autism, which not true, you know, like. I, like I don't think there's been a single study done that actually you know shows that vaccines in fact do c- cause autism. Like you know, it's probably one of those things where someone posted on Facebook you know a long time ago, and it's just been t- going around and around. In my head, vaccines. I know, yeah, like honestly, if you're an anti-vaxxer, like I'm not gonna hate you out, right? You know, but it, my respect will go down for you a lot. Oh and- yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that might be a p- too political to say, but you know what? And when we're living in times like this in a global pandemic, I think it's okay. You know what? Like, we all have our different opinions. And honestly, if anyone, like, I would just put it out there. If you feel like if that's your, like, where you stand and you're willing and you can have a polite, civilized conversation, mm-hmm. I'm willing to have that civilized conversation but i'm here to discuss facts and i'm here to discuss the actual science of a vaccine uh as you know i did my undergrad in anatomy and cell biology i took immunology classes uh, a lot of them throughout my degree in biomedical sciences so i do have a pretty good understanding of when it comes to vaccines and when it comes to our body's immune system and response so if you are in that like if you stand with being against vaccines, I'm okay having that conversation, but understand that, you know, a lot of the things like there's facts and I'm not here just to listen to uh, conspiracy theories because I don't have the patience or the time to listen to those. Yep. So, yep. I fully agree with you. So yeah. what do you have for us about the vaccine t- for our the, listeners? There is just so much. And I think Uh, I think the first thing that we want or like we would like to address a little bit is just like this entire thing of like, there's just so many myths out there when it comes to the vaccine and just want to just put it out there and clear out for a little bit of an audience if they have a little bit of those doubts or they want to be able to explain to other people like that have some of those doubts or that believe some of those myths. I think today's episode, we want to like, bust some of a little bit of that and provide with like information that is digestible because I understand sometimes science can be too convoluted that for like the average people, it is very hard to understand. So we'll break it down a little bit so that everyone understands and everyone is able to explain to other people because, you know, besides COVID-19 being a pandemic we're dealing with, we're also dealing with a lot of misinformation. So if we can take all of that misinformation out and actually be putting out their facts, it will be a lot better for people that have the doubts about the vaccine. Yep, exactly. So where are we starting today? So I think today, I let's just start from the very beginning. <laughs> and that's a doubt of like how vaccine got produced and how it got done in such a quick time period. So from your embryshank, what are some of those questions, some of those doubts that you've heard not only from people close to you, but like just around in social media about the process of how the vaccine got discovered? Um, I think one of the biggest things I've heard was how did they come up with the vaccine so fast? Because at the beginning, it seemed like, you know, it would take years and years. But then all of a sudden, all these vaccines with all these companies came out of nowhere. Like, you know, that's one of the biggest things I've been hearing from a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. And just very simple, um, especially when it comes because there's First of all, there's two types of vaccines, right? So there's the ones that uh, use viral vectors, which those vaccines are the vaccines that we've been using for so many years. Uh, Those are the vaccines that have been developed from like the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. So like 
the knowledge around those vaccines has been with us for a long period of time. So that is some of like the vaccines that we're more familiar with. Now, when it comes to the mRNA vaccines, which is like the novelty, something that it's new, it is new because it is something that is coming to the general public in masses, right? So people are like kind of confused of what how that works. And it's not that it came out of nowhere. There has been a lot of research done for the past decades in order to study how can vaccines be done through mRNA, which is genetic, like a different type of genetic material that at the end of the day creates proteins. In simpler terms, it tells ourselves which proteins to produce, right? Mm -hmm. So, so that's like, there's been many, many, many years of research done on how vaccines can be done through this genetic material in order to be able to make it safe. Uh, so there's a lot of backbone into what it was capable of being done today, all the research, how we made it to be able to be developed even faster is one, it is affecting the entire world. So everyone has an interest on this vaccine being discovered and this vaccine being able to be put out there so that we're able to move on, right? In order to get our people immunized. So when it comes to that, governments, private industry, research, they're putting money into this. They're putting the money <laughs> in order. Science is not cheap. I can tell you that working in a lab and seeing how much sometimes things cost, science ain't cheap. Research isn't cheap. So people putting money into being able to discover this vaccine was one of the big factors of how scientists were able to get to where we are right now. When it comes to that, because it's, it is an emergency at the end of the day, a lot of stuff, like what we call red tape uh, was cleared out, you know? Yep. So like, this is priority number one. So like, okay, we need reviews. We need clinical trials, like all the stages that usually sometimes when you work, like you are in science that you face red tape with, those red tapes were taken away. And like, as the vaccine continued to be developed, and they were passing the different trials, they were passing the different phases, they were able to continue to move on faster and faster and faster. So with that, the vaccine was able to like hit clinical trials in a very impressive move because of the different decisions that the money was there, the different health institutions around the world, given like the green light that, okay, this vaccine is good to go. And also they were able to tell like, nope, this vaccine cannot continue to be manufactured. This vaccine is not, is not showing the promise that it needs, right? So there were plenty of candidates. So that's like another thing that people don't know. There were plenty of vaccine candidates out there that some of them got trumped at the very beginning of research because they were not going to show the results that we needed. So the vaccines that we have nowadays met all the criteria throughout the entire like the entirety of the process and that's what they're safe so that's how it happened like that's how it was able to be such a vaccine that was able to be produced in such a fast way but understanding like there's a lot of research that was done in the past this is not like something that scientists just took off their like underneath their sleeve and is like we're doing this today no like there's a lot of research that has been done because in a certain way, you can look at it as like from viral proteins and viral viral vector vaccines. The next step in the research world was using vaccines with genetic material, which is mRNA. The mRNA. So now, like they just they were they were able to press the gas a lot faster than than usually va like vaccine research takes. Exactly, and that, that's another thing that people feel fail to like see is that COVID is nothing new. It's happened throughout history, you know, scientists have seen lots of um, respiratory um, viruses come and, you know, hinder our humanity to say, you know, for lack of a better word, like SARS-CoV-1 was a thing that happened back in like 2002, I believe, right? Yes. Uh, 2002, 2003 in China. And at back then, I think it was, they called it by SARS, like the actual name was severe accurate, uh, sorry, Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, coronavirus, the mm -hmm. COVID-1. Now it's just COVID-19 because, you know, it's a COVID-2 strain. So it happened again, but it happened in 2019. So it's COVID-19. So it's like the technology has always been there. You know, it's just 
Like, even when we're just, you know, doing our normal everyday stuff, there's scientists all around the world, you know, millions and millions of scientists working on different vaccines or research on different kinds of viruses and diseases. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, like, the other thing, like, when you're talking about a lot of scientists and the world being involved with developing it, there was a sense of collaboration, which sometimes in the science world, there is collaboration, but sometimes, you know, with any in any field, there's still a sense of ego, there's still like different interests being played, right? When we're faced with the pandemic, there's a sense of collaborating. So you could like read in the news or like just reading like scientific articles coming out, you could see data sharing. Uh, so like it could be a group in Canada over here at USASC doing something in order to find like the genetic sequencing of COVID. And then that data being shared to whoever is trying to produce the mRNA over in the UK, right? Uh, so there's a, there was a lot of collaboration and result sharing and just the scientific community came together and put that out there. So everyone was able to like, okay, this is our candidate vaccine that we're gonna put out there. Uh, how do we make it work? But there was a true sense of collaboration in the science world. Yep, exactly. And especially like, you know, some of the other pandemics in the past haven't been quite destructive as this one. So this one, when, you know, looking at the numbers right now, there's been 162 million cases worldwide and 3.4 million deaths. So it's definitely one of the bigger ones in our lifetime, for sure. When you take that scale into factor, the whole world is going to you know, make it their number one priority because, you know, no one wants to have a shutdown. Like the lockdowns we've been having, the ones in Europe or like Australia, New Zealand. I mean, I would say US, but their lockdown wasn't anything like the rest of the world. (laughs) Yes, no. But, you know, no one wants to be in a lockdown. The economy is bad, like small businesses. People, you know, have lost their jobs. People have lost loved ones. No one wants to go through that. So, of course, the whole world is going to come together and, you know, try to come up with a solution as a whole. Exactly. So I would say that the first thing with vaccines is like, there's no doubt that they are safe. They, at least through the clinical trials that they've gone through, they've shown that they're safe. So people like, if you're like, they are good to use in the general public. And we have seen that if there's any doubt, once it starts going into the general public, and other things start coming up, then government and then the health institutions can be like nope we're taking that one back and we're gonna further analyze we're gonna further review before it goes back again into the general public and that's just because based on a like based on caution it's not that it was bad from the beginning during the entire process in order to create it it those things were not shown or they were not shown in a way that it could affect or be a very adverse but once it comes to the general population different things can show up and that's with a lot of many things when people try it in smaller groups or like in a certain like sample size things sometimes don't show up because of the random factor of science but then when you put it out to public you're dealing with so many uh so many things right so uh, you know like if a person has condition x or a person is suffering through something that also plays an impact on on like how effective or like the effects that the vaccine can have so that's why everyone is being monitored so closely uh when you go to the vaccine like for uh like for me i had to stay 15 minutes after my i got my shot in order to make sure that i wasn't having first any allergic reactions or that i having i wasn't having any effects uh to the vaccine and then they tell you just keep on monitoring uh side effects keep on monitoring if there's any allergic reactions afterwards in order to be able to notice some of those things that maybe they were not shown in some of the studies. So I would say, like, honestly, it is safe. So stop, stop being people that think like, uh, you're no better than scientists that they've spent their lives. They spent so much time in school, so much time in labs. They've done PhDs. They've done postdoctoral fellowships, people that they have dedicated their lives to this. There's no way that, like, stop, like, honestly, stop that mindset that you know more than the people that have been able to develop the vaccine, because you you don't. <laughs> so another question or like an, you know, another 
thing I hear a lot of people say is, why even bother get the vaccine? I'm gonna because even when I get vaccines, I'm gonna get sick right afterwards. So with that, it's just back again when you uh, if you're planning on getting sick, right? It's just like if you get sick, your body isn't ready. Like if you're not vaccinated, your body hasn't created the immune response to that specific disease, right? So to put it in very simple things, every year we have campaigns in order to get the flu shot, right? So every year the flu shot gets modified depending on the strains of flu that we saw the previous year and kind of like from modeling and everything, what strains we might be seeing coming in the upcoming year. So the vaccine that you get, for example, that we'll get this year for the flu will look different to the vaccine that last year we got for the flu and the year before that because it depends on what strains of flu we're seeing out there. If you get the flu shot, yes, you might still get sick with the flu, but your symptoms are way lower. Your symptoms can be milder than what your actual body could be like feeling and experiencing it because the vaccine, what it does in a certain way, what it will do is it tells your body, hey, this is something strange in our body. This is something that we don't want. Prepare the immune system in order to respond to it and get rid of it, right? So that's what the vaccine are telling our bodies to do. When you're vaccinated, you, you're like, and then you get sick, your symptoms are going to be milder. So with the thing with the COVID-19 vaccine is like, you might get like, it is a fact, it is true, you might still get it. That's something that happens with any vaccine out there. But what happens is that it's very likely that you will not go end up with going to the hospital or being put up in the ICU in a ventilator. Uh, your symptoms might be way milder. So maybe you get it, but the only symptoms you get are similar to the flu. So you just get a runny nose, you just get some like uh, cough here and there and a headache. So your symptoms from what you could experiencing of like lack of breath, having to be on a ventilator, those are reduced by a dramatic amount. So that's the difference from being vaccinated and not being vaccinated is you're in a certain way, you're preparing your body for something. So when you get vaccinated uh, for this, uh, for a lot of the, do- like, of the vaccines that we have for COVID, they're saying like, we need two doses is because on the first dose, what your body is telling you is learning is how to create antibodies, which is one of the one of our defense systems that we have. But the second dose, what it will tell is there's something in our bodies that is called memory T cells and B cells, which it's they're complicated. They're a ver- it's a very complicated. Me- they will produce a specific antibody for COVID if you were to get COVID later on. So you have a cell, you have cells in your body just to fight COVID. And same thing goes with the flu. You will create cells to fight that specific thing. That's like how amazing our body is, how great like our immune system is. It's whenever we're able to create those B and T cells, we're able to create a response that is unique to that specific uh, to that specific illness. So that's why you should be vaccinated. It's just prepping your body. And who wouldn't wait like, who wouldn't want to not be prepared for whatever crisis you might face, right? So when we talk about money, we want to save for if there's a crisis, right? So same thing with illnesses and health. If you can get protected ahead of time, I will say do it. Yep. I yeah, And even researching, you know, the smallpox, which was eradicated in 1979, killed millions and millions of people. And it had been around forever. But what eradicated it? Uh, vaccinations right so it's the same thing like um, we're not going to eradicate covid or the flu like flus and you know even like the common cold there's a reason there's no vaccines for the cold Mm -hmm. and the flu too like there's vaccines and it helps a lot of people it reduces you know like you mentioned it reduces severe cases and hospitalizations which is amazing but things like smallpox and polio completely eradicated i mean polio right now i think it's in that some places in the world still have a little bit, but smallpox, you know, eradicated by vaccination. So it's definitely, vaccines are there to help at the end of the day. They're not like, you know, as much as people love to joke about Bill Gates putting microchips into your 
body or a 5G network, blah, blah, blah. I mean, let's be serious. Vaccinations. <laughs> That's true. And like, you know, so you brought up smallpox and I just look at my right arm and I have my little scar of my smallpox vaccine. You know, <laughs> a lot of people that grew up in developing countries, we have our smallpox vaccine scar that will last probably forever. Oh, yes. we. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, how many of our listeners can relate to this, but a lot of us definitely have that little mark on our left arm i think left or right effort it's on my right arm i think it yeah it depends so just check your arms and if you have it it's probably your smallpox vaccine yeah you know what it is the people <laughs> exactly so another like myth i hear all the time is i'm not a vulnerable person i'm a healthy 20 year old 18 year old 25 year old person why do i need a vaccine aren't vaccines for older people yeah, no, everyone, like, this is a new disease, right? Everyone, doesn't matter your age group, this is new to you. Someone that's 80 is first exposed to COVID. Someone our age group or younger, where it's also our first time being exposed to COVID-19. The main difference is, like, depending on which age group you are and the lifestyle that you live is how, how bad it can get. That's the main thing. It's just, like, how bad it could get. But it doesn't matter your age group, you can still get it because it is new. Our bodies haven't been exposed to something like this. And I can tell you from my experience, I am a young, in my 20s person. I exercise, let's say, four to five times a week. I eat somewhat healthy-ish. I drink socially. I don't smoke. When it comes to my respiratory health, it is I have good respiratory health. And I got exposed to it and I still got it. And I'm not saying like, oh, I have the perfect lifestyle. I shouldn't get it. It's just to put into context that anyone could get it. It's just like if you're exposed to it and you just, it happens to come into your respiratory system, then you go, you're going to develop it. So doesn't matter if you're 80, doesn't matter if you're 18, doesn't matter if you're 12, if you get exposed to it, you will get it because we, it is our first time encountering this illness. Uh, it doesn't have to do a lot with age. Age, the only thing that w- determines in this situation is how bad it can get. And this is something that we've been seeing, you know, the strain that came like that we were to know last year was affecting a lot of the older population, but younger people were still getting it, just the symptoms were milder. The hospitalizations were more, they were, they were encountered more in the older age groups than in the younger age groups. But now that we're seeing a lot of variants out there from COVID, we see that shift changing. The variants aren't affecting as much the older population as they're affecting the younger population, right? So then for us, that's why you need to, in a certain way, be careful is because the virus has variations now that have a bit a bigger impact on the younger people. So our hospitalizations and everything are more on that. So Yep, exactly. And that's the thing. Like the reason we, you know, we see that older people are affected more because, you know, their immune system, their um, health is already down. So obviously it's gonna affect, you know, people with low immunocompromised bodies or older people, it's gonna affect them more. Yes, we all know that. But younger people, you know, like you said, the variants are getting to the younger people too. More and more younger people are going to the ICU. More and more people are getting the severe cases. Because you know what? We just don't know fully how it affects everyone. Yes, we've been in the pandemic for almost 15, 16 months. And, you know, there's so much research being done, but we still don't know. And it's not just with COVID. So many other diseases that we haven't even discovered yet, you know, we don't know how it's going to affect us. But at the end of the day, there's been way more research on vaccines, which shows it helps. Exactly. And that's that's the main thing. Like, And also, this is not the time to be selfish. Uh, you know, like at the end of the day, it's your decision. And we're not going to, no one is going to infringe on your rights if you don't want to take the vaccine. That's everyone's personal decision. Uh, you are like, if you choose or not to take the vaccine, it's up to you. But at the end of the day, we need to also understand that this is something that we're not going through individually. 
this is something that we're going through as a country. This is something that we're going together as a community. And this is like getting your vaccine is not only doing something for you, but in a way you're protecting also your loved ones, you're protecting your closest friends, you're protecting your community, and you're helping everyone to move on from what has already been more than a year that we've all have in a certain way dreaded in certain ways. And that we just want to move past this. We just want to see, we don't want, like pretty sure every country doesn't want to see their economy being hit by a pandemic for so long. Governments don't want to see the economy go down. People don't want to lose their loved ones. Let's be honest. We don't want to be working from home all the time. We miss being out, you know, outside and being social and going to parties or eating at restaurants and traveling. So none of us wants any of this. It's, you know, we were unfortunately put in this position by nature and we've, we have a way to deal with it. And there's still, you know, I know we can't really force people to get vaccines, but I'm going to straight up say, go get your vaccine if you haven't already done so, or go sign up. Exactly. Like, honestly, this is for everyone's better good and your own good. So please, like, we implore <laughs> in a certain way, please make the right choice when it comes to getting your vaccine. And when it comes to what kind of vaccine, all of them have shown that they're safe. And if you have questions, we have medical professionals around the country uh, so reach out to those medical professionals and ask them if you have any questions about it. Ask your GP, ask your pharmacist, ask people that know the science behind it. Yeah, don't don't just read something on Facebook and claim it true and don't share that misinformation with everyone else. Do your research before you share something, right? Exactly. Um, so yeah, we, we have, you know, we've talked about vaccines a lot and before... We start wrapping up. One last question that I hear from a lot of people is vaccines have lots of, you know, side effects and even illnesses or even death sometimes. Why should I get vaccinated knowing there's going to be so many side effects? You know, when it comes to science, when it comes to medical knowledge and technology, there's no way that you can know 100% everything. There's always going to be that margin of error. Uh, when you talk to a statistician, they will always tell you there's going to be that margin of error. And that is with a lot of things in life. Everything sometimes has that cost to it. Uh, sometimes, you know, when you're financially making any transactions or anything, there's that wiggle room into like, it could be good, it could be bad. We don't know how it's going to play out. When it comes to vaccines, you understand that there is that risk and that there are those cases that have been reported. But when you look at the greater scheme is out of how many people that have been vaccinated, how many that has actually impacted, right? When they're talking about their percentage for efficacy, their effect, like percentage for efficiency uh, and the different studies that they're doing, it's not like they take 10 people and it's like out of 10 people, this is how. These are big clinical trials in order to consider as much of the global population as possible in order to make sure that the side effects are just for the minimal, like they're very low. And that's why we see numbers in the 80s and the 90% is because they really been tested. And yeah, there might be some side effects and there could be other things, but these things that are being tested and it really affects a very small percentage of the population. It's not like 50% yeah. of the population are experiencing that. It's a small group and sometimes it targets a very specific demographic or a very specific age group or a very specific condition. So these numbers are very low and there's other, sometimes there's other cofactors that that's why these things happen. So in the greater scheme of things, like we like to report on the one, two, three cases that are happening. But when you look at the overall percentage, it is way lower than what sometimes the media makes it sound. I think that's one of the biggest things we've learned from this is remember, you know, uh, I think a month ago, the people were talking about blood clots, you know, and even now, like there are some cases of blood clots happening with a couple of vaccines. 
But when Johnson & Johnson, they released their data, they had administered more than 6.8 million doses. And out of those 6.8 million, only six people got blood clots. So that's what one in a million, it seems like. So, you know, when you just look at the numbers, six blood clots, oh yeah, that seems like a lot. But in the big picture, like you said, it really isn't because even in everyday life, whether it's, you know, you crossing the road or driving to work or drinking alcohol, everything has a risk associated to it. But you just don't notice it because, you know, you have, like no one wants to be like, oh, if I drink one more sip of this alcohol, will I get, you know, you know, fall down and break my head? No, you're not going to think of that. You're just going to enjoy your time. And I think vaccines are similar. There are risks. Yeah, there are side effects. But that's with everything, whether you're taking birth control or, you know, even just Tylenol, there's side effects to everything. So I don't think that should hamper you from getting the vaccine because, like we said, it does save lives in so many bigger picture ways. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It saves lives. And once again, if you have a doubt, reach out to the professionals. Don't just yep. let it be like, oh, the media or this is what is being said about the vaccine. Read about it. Talk to people that know about it so that you can have your mind clear and you can make your own decision based on the science and based what professionals are telling you about it. Exactly. And, you know, we haven't covered everything on this episode. And you know what? We might cover it again in the future. And if you have any questions, bring it up to us and we'll bring it up and we'll do our research. We'll bring it up. We'll talk about it. So, you know, you can hear it clearly and right in front of you. Exactly. And just like as we're wrapping up the topic of vaccines and COVID and all of that, just to share some numbers because your boy loves numbers and not a lot of people share that. Uh, but overall, just to live it within Canada. Uh, so we're getting close to being uh, 40%. So right now we're at 38.87%. That's what Stats Canada is saying of people having at least received one dose. So we're close to the 40% of the population. When you we bring it to Saskatchewan, we're at the 40.87% that have received that have received that population. So if anything, we're doing pretty good in Saskatchewan com- uh, compared to other provinces around. So and that's just based on like the massive uh, campaigns that they're being done. A lot of drive-throughs, moving clinic, uh, mo- mobile clinics, walking clinics, appointments, pharmacies, just the entire like, and that's the thing. Uh, so it really shows the effort that the that they've put into being able to make this vaccine accessible for people and that we're able uh, to get it. There's different uh, different things. Uh, they plan that at least by the summer, federally in the entire country, everyone would have been eligible or would have already received their first dose. Uh, what we're hearing about the government here in Saskatchewan is that hopefully during the summer, everyone would have received their second dose. And we're almost down to the age group of 18 plus, and we're and with Pfizer being uh, already deemed that it's safe uh, for uh, people, uh, well, children, 12 plus, uh, they're gonna be incorporated into uh, the vaccine delivery plan. So it seems very promising where we are based on the number, uh, based on the intake. Uh, that people are putting into this so just keep on the good work and with that listen to what is happening within the country let's just uh when it comes to other places it's good to know how they're doing but let's focus on what our environment is here what the current situation in canada it is and listen to that yep and uh, yeah as you were saying that i was just reading so our world in data.org has you know um, covid vaccination numbers and so right now israel's actually at the top with 62 percent who have at least received one dose followed by uk at 52 percent and then us is at 46 and canada's at 41 on here as of may 12 2021 which is really good because Considering at the beginning of May, Canada was only at 27% and we've already increased to 42%. So honestly, Canada is, Canada is doing amazing in vaccination. And like you said, even Saskatchewan, half of all Canadian adults have received their first shots. And I think Saskatchewan, the numbers are even better than that, like you said, whether it's 18 plus or like, you know, the old age people. I think the 80 above category, 70 above, they're like above 80, 90% to have got vaccinated. 
everyone over 40 it's at 50 percent already that they have or like above i want to say above 70 percent actually over 40 that have gotten their uh their first dose so we're we're going good so let's just keep up the, the good work that we've doing so far yeah and like you know the other day mclean um had an article about you know, what's a reopening looking like for Canada? And I was like using Saskatchewan as an example because Saskatchewan is actually doing so amazing. Like out of all the provinces, like Quebec, I know is doing pretty good, but overall Saskatchewan for vaccinations, I've been surprised by it because, you know, we did lack in lockdowns or restrictions, but the vaccination has been going amazing. How widely available it is. Like, like we said, we're both slated to get it. You got it already. I'm slated to get it. You know, a month ago, I would have never believed I'm going to get it this fast. Yes. Here we yeah. are, literally, you know, two two weeks later, I'm, we're both going to be getting it and literally anyone can get it. I mean, of course, the second dose might be another problem, but the way that we're going right now and, you know, it feels like the U.S. market has almost become saturated because looking at their vaccine percentage um, around like a month ago, they were at 35% and now they're at just over 45 so it's slowing down there for sure because a lot of people that wanted it have already gotten it. Like, so many of my friends and family in the U.S. and my girlfriend and her friends and family they they got it a month, two months ago. You know, they've been getting vaccines, and everyone who wanted it or who needed it has already gotten it. So it kind of seems like it is slowing down. But for us, I think we're just starting, and the next month or so, I think. You know, July 1st, Canada Day, it, it's looking like a lot of people will be vaccinated for to make up for the fact that we didn't get to celebrate it properly last year. I know. Um, it seems promising, but let's just keep our our hopes in a very realistic way. <laughs> that doesn't mean like normalcy will come back this summer, uh, but it will look different, hopefully, uh, given our vaccination uh, delivery. So yeah, before we wrap up our episode for today, one question for you. I kind of relate to vaccines, I think, but do you think people will continue wearing masks after you know we're all vaccinated and we're back to the new normal? I think honestly, part of it will come out of what our health officials will say, and as well as to the comfort of people. You know, some people might feel comfortable wearing masks for a little bit longer. Some people might be like we're done with it and we're good to go. So I think this is uh, this is something that at the end of the day, our health officials will really have to look into it so that they make the best decision for the general public. When it comes to me personally, at least for right now, uh, even with people like completely being fully vaccinated, I think we still like there's still there's still that a little bit of that sense in me that I'm just like, I don't know where my comfort will be. And that's the same thing like last summer when we were going through our reopening plan, there was that sense of discomfort at the very beginning. So it's just familiar, like for me, it will take some refamiliarizing to the new environment and to the new normal before I'm able to make a decision if I will continue to wear a mask or not. Yeah, for me, I think personally, we as humans are pretty dumb, I think. You know, once we get back to the new normal, people are not really going to wear masks. I know, like, there's some societies, especially in, like, Asia and, you know, countries with lots of pollution that do wear masks all year round, even without a pandemic. But, like, you know, us in the Western world, I think we're very forgetful and just almost ignorant where we don't really... Because, like, you know, even wearing masks is so controversial among so many people all these anti-maskers that say, you know, masks don't help, blah, blah, blah. But they forget, literally, around the world, masks masks get used in so many ways, whether it's a doctor that's operating on you or people just trying to get to work because their city is polluted. Masks definitely help. So it's like, you know, the Western world is just so, it has so many conflicts, I guess, within, you know, just the thought process or, you know, in many people's cases their freedoms are restricted you know i don't think as much as i'd like to think masks are going to be a thing i don't i don't think going forward when you know once uh people are vaccinated we're going back to the normal i don't i think masks won't be as i mean a lot of people will pick up on it but eventually in a couple of months i think not many people will be using it but that's just my opinion yep and we'll just we'll wait and hear <laughs>
I know we said we wouldn't make this episode long, but it's already pretty long. So let's wrap up for this week. What are you looking forward to this week, Andreas? Uh, for this week, you know, I'm back at work. So doing my to-do list, trying to remain as productive as I can. You know, trying to get things done. Uh, getting a little bit back again on my nutrition and meal plan. I, I don't personally meal prep, but I would say being conscious of what I'm eating. So my nutrition and everything on my, a daily basis, just, you know, when you're on vacation, you kind of give yourself a freebie. <laughs> so uh, getting a little back into that. I think that's about like just getting back into the routine. How are you, Brishank? How are you? What are you looking forward for this week? Um, so like I mentioned earlier, at this at the time of this recording, I haven't got my vaccine, but I will be getting it. So looking forward to getting the vaccine and, you know, just taking that one more step into being COVID free. Yes. The, the milestone that we are all hoping for. Yep. So, you know, leave it at that for this week. We'll, you know, if people want to ask more questions or bring up other things that they want us to talk about vaccines, we'll definitely bring it up in future episodes. Um, like we always say, you know, where to reach us. Our Instagram is two average brown Broads podcast you can reach out to us there or on our twitter you know send us your messages your thoughts your opinions on the vaccines if you've already gotten it or you signed up to get it which vaccine you got let us know uh, wait andres which which one did you get andres i got moderna so i Mod- did get mrna vaccine moderna gang stand up yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so we'll wrap it up for today and then Um, reach out to us whether it's on our personal pages or on our podcast page if you have any questions comments concerns crybaby stuff let us know and we'll definitely get back to you on the next episode absolutely and once again if you want to be a guest on the episode let us know and we'll start working out the logistics for it Uh, we're excited to bring other points of views to the brown perspective that we bring to our topic So yeah, just reach out at us and we're excited that you are continuing to listen to us after a couple of months already of this. And we're just excited that you guys keep on enjoying it. Exactly. So you know what to do. Hit that follow button. Our episodes drop every Monday mornings. And, you know, let's have fun. Exactly. But other than that, we'll talk to you next Monday. Bye. See ya. (laughs) 